episode of Carry On Up The Village. I'm Christopher, and this is the Vil- This is the Mrs. Hi, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading the podcast. I hope you enjoy it. So did you enjoy it? Like a great birthday party? It, it was actually a really gripping mini film thing, wasn't it? A lot happened. It was exciting. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Okay. We've just been watching the episode Many Happy Returns, in which uh, number six wakes up one morning to find the village deserted. So he takes his chance and, using his super skills, incredibly quickly builds a raft and sails out of the village. Uh, And basically, he escapes back to London through one means or another, Uh, goes back to his old house and goes back to his old job uh, where he embarks upon a mission to try to find where the village is and ends up being flown over the area where the village might be at which point when it is spotted he is ejected by a man who has swapped places with the pilot and he lands back in the village to find that the woman who lives in his house in London is the new number two. So Many happy returns, Fiona. Tell us about it. Well, we'll start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. A very good place to start. So not only did he wake up one morning and it was derelict, it was uh, deserted. deserted. It also looked a bit derelict, like it'd been like that for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was a bit suspicious. And because of that, I'd never have any uh, explanation for that. Mm-hmm. I always felt that this was some kind of setup. All right. I didn't know how it was going to pan out. Mm-hmm. But I, I, when we, when it was exciting that he actually escaped because it mm-hmm. wasn't easy. But I was always a bit like, no, nah, something's going to happen. He's going to wake think up. This at was going to be the last episode. Never, never got to the point where you thought this is it. He's out. We're going to find out who the village is. And well, I thought, I thought for all I know, it could be the last episode. I'm not keeping track mm-hmm. of how many there mm-hmm. are. I did think. It would be quite frustrating if he goes back home and that's it. There's never an explanation <laughs> of what the of, village was. Of what the village was, why he was there, who was in charge one. of it. Yeah. yeah, that could have happened. Or he goes back and kind of what happened, but not completely, is like no one believes him and everyone just keeps treats him as mad. Mm-hmm. So I did. I was looking at some of that as being a possibility, but it was definitely gripping. Initially, when it was just derelict. I did think maybe that's their plot to make him more scared than anything they could do, is the idea that he's in this deserted place with no means of escape. But obviously mm-hmm. he, he got over that quite quickly and saw it as an opportunity mm-hmm. rather than a threat. It was quite interesting, though, because it demonstrated that there actually only is one, well, there's only one real practical way of escape, because the mountains on the other sides are too high yeah. to... Because he did check without, out that out, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So there's no easy... It also suggests there's no easy way into the village, other than by sea. Or plane. Or plane. Helicopter is what they normally mm-hmm. do. I suppose that's usually a helicopter, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Though, um, he was quite resourceful, in a MacGyver kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> so it did, it did make you think he is a spy. Mm-hmm. And then when he was in London, it was, uh, you were one of our good men and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I and the people can... go, people defect. I think, yes. I think, I think, I think we, we can establish that he was a British spy. He was a spy at this yes. point, yeah. 
Um, and uh, so then he got on this raft with supplies mm-hmm. and the means of making a compass and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's quite nice that you left an IOU in the shop for the stuff that he took. <laughs> Do you not think that was that was a little gentlemanly touch? <laughs> I suppose uh, yes. Um, but he was um, he fell asleep eventually, and then the Russians it was, wasn't it? I think they were German. Oh, were they? Okay, well, foreign mm-hmm. um, gun runners found him, and he tried to. Uh, well, he nearly did tie them up and escape with their boat because obviously he couldn't kill them because he is not that kind of man. Well, I thought he had killed the first one actually. The oh, first really? one that he ambushed in the prison in the in the kitchen. He kind of. Uh, oh, I thought the, he, I the thought he, yeah, yeah, I thought he throttled him till he was dead. Um, but he had. I'm not sure he actually did want to. I think. I think he just wanted enough time. No, I know, but I'm just saying. I think he's the kind of wouldn't kill people unnecessarily. Ah, so the good kind of spy. The good kind of spy. Ah, I see. Okay. So that's why he just tied them up because he mm-hmm. thought he could. But he got close enough to the lighthouse to just jump in and swim away from the 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 uh, mm-hmm. firing shots, obviously mm-hmm. missing him. Um, and then landed on this place. Originally thought it was somewhere foreign. Oh, what, the White Cliffs didn't give it away a bit? Oh, no, that didn't occur to me. (laughs) Well, Uh, I'm not sure, based on where the guy pointed when they had the map, uh, it didn't look like it really was Dover that he'd landed at, but I thought the White Cliffs were a bit of a giveaway. Yeah, it was more Southampton. Although they did try to sort of throw you off a scent again by the first people he met being foreign-speaking Romany gypsies. Yes, Um, and when... He asked them what place is this. The man just walked away. So I just thought, oh no, it's another odd place. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just village Mark Two. <laughs> another village. Another village. <laughs> what are the chances? Well, uh, I, yeah, because I was saying throughout when he escaped, he'll just end up back he'll end at up the back vo- in the village. But I thought he'd like the the boat will end up landing mm-hmm. at the village or something like that. Or, so every time he was climbing a hill or going over a, a horizon, I was just expecting the village, the village to come to up. Appear. Yes, mm-hmm. appear. Um. And then he got... Now, so he saw some policemen thinking they might be after him. He stowed away mm-hmm. in, a, in a van. Mm-hmm. But magically ended up, as you said... It, <laughs> in, in the centre of London, beside a, a, a well-known landmark. Marble Arch. In this case, Marble Arch. Just, uh, just to be... Um, Sure, we knew where he was. Yeah, so there could be yes, it could only have been Big Ben because we'll, we'll be <laughs> if he turned if he appeared right outside Big Ben. Now, what what was also quite interesting is before he left the village, he took photos. Yes. Because he always knew there would be an investigation, and he would want to find out the well, truth. I think it's more that he wanted to know yeah. where it was. He so, wasn't going to be happy just escaping. He's he obviously wants to, you know, understand what happened. Presumably get back it to the village for what they've done to him. Yes. Um, but obviously, when you get back to London, he is actually suspicious of everything. He's not sure who can, he can trust, mm-hmm. um, whether he's being followed, whether he has actually... I don't think he can believe it himself that he's managed to escape. Yeah, but well, what did you think of... Before you knew that Mrs Butterworth, who now lives in his house and drives his car, before you knew she was number two, what did you think of her? It was suspicious the way she... Yes, no, I think it was suspicious. She was far too welcoming, and I thought with all this feeding him and then offering him clothes and trying him to get him not to leave mm-hmm. was all a ploy to keep him there until 
whoever she had called arrived. Uh, all right, okay. But that that didn't happen. Um, but I did think it was suspicious. Um, I thought she was left there by the people who'd taken him as some kind of gatekeeper mm-hmm. to just alert them when he he returned he comes back. Was it, or something yeah. like that. Um, and I didn't trust her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did get that feeling. Uh, but then she let him away. So what did we? Did learn? it did it cross your mind for any length of time that she just wanted a bit of thank you, thank fun you. with the prisoner? Um, no. But that's only because I know who wrote wrote this, and he's not. Well, well yes, but everybody doesn't like that kind of thing. But I would say when he was wearing the suit and in the wee car, mm-hmm. he looked quite sexy. Does he? Yeah. I have to say, I always think at the beginning, given the, the the title sequence that we see every time, the bit when he comes out of the car and he pauses for a minute. I think I might have said this before. This is going to sound like I'm obsessed with this bit now. I think I think he's really good looking at that point. I don't think he's necessarily. I don't think he's necessarily that good looking any other time. But I think that it's like, oh, you're like a matinee idol at that point. No, no, I I like a bit of dishevelledness. Right. So I quite like that. Oh, when he had the hair, the longer hair. Longer hair and mm-hmm. the and the shirt undone and all that kind of thing. All right. Okay. So. Um, so off he went to the okay. office, and we met the man behind the desk again. Mm-hmm. Uh, who we see every week being shouted at and given the resignation, uh, and then he uh, sees. Two men, uh, the Colonel, James, he gets called later on, and Thorpe. Uh, and he, They're great characters. He clearly knows the Colonel. I think he kind of knows Thorpe, but he's much more familiar with mm. the Colonel, isn't he? But they are suspicious of him. As given their position, you would think they would I mean, have to be. They kind of explained it themselves, saying, mm-hmm. you were one of us, you, you retired, resigned. you completely disappeared, and now you're coming back, which is kind of the behaviour of a director. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but he eventually they they check everything out of his story. We yes. see the police going and checking that there was a gypsy camp where he said mm. there was. Um, interestingly, we may come back to this. We see somebody interviewing Mrs. Butterworth. Yes. Uh, and then so they ultimately they believe him, mm-hmm. and they work out where he what the sort of maximum minimum time he would have been distance he would have come was, uh, and off he goes. That little. Segment of the world that they'd said he could possibly mm-hmm. come from. Which they really coloured in a whole lot. It's like, no, we know it's this bit. It's fine. Yeah. You know, you don't you need to colour it in. One cross would have done. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so then, and then when we got to the airfield, it was rather obvious because, again, yes. as we pointed out, it's like, there's not many uh, airfields, especially the airfields dealing in top secret, uh, the, the top secret missions where the milkman comes to yeah. deliver the milk to the runway. Yes. Which is what happened here. <laughs> Uh, so yes, we knew that the milkman was going to go in, pretend to be the co-pilot, come out fully uh, masked up, up, masked up. And, mm-hmm. and get away with it. So yeah, that wasn't really a great shock when he. But, uh, see, did, did you not? Did you not feel any sort of uh, feeling of I can't think of what, what the word is? Just so let down. Was like, oh, he's going to end up back in the village. Uh, yes. Uh, well. I think, to be honest, that bit when they were in the aeroplane was so drawn out when you knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. It was a bit like, oh, come on, just get on with it. <laughs> yes, it was pretty obvious that they'd swap places and yeah. that he was going to end up back in the village. Um, but it did seem, when he did end up back in the village, he was kind of accepting of it. I expected him to sort of fall down on his knees and go, why me? But no, he was just went nah, back into his house. Never let them see that you're yeah. you know, just, okay, next time. 
But aren't you just left with the feeling of, oh, God, what the futility of it all? Well, do you think that, having seen this now and the other attempts at escape he's made, is escape really an option? Well, giving in is not an option either. No, but there's there has to be other... You have to think about if you if he's not. Do you think do you think he could he could escape from the village? Well, he must be thinking it's not possible now. They will always get me back, even if I escape for five years. They'll bring me back one day. So if you can't escape, how do you? What's you your strategy? Could, what's your plan? He can convince them to let him go. Oh, maybe not. I wasn't even thinking about that. What about just I'm just going to destroy it? Well, he is quite resourceful. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not, you not maybe physically destroy it, but it's, I'm just, I'm, I'm gonna win. I'm Aye. gonna win Well, somehow. it's a bit like the, that episode when he tries to get democratically elected and then get everyone to turn on number two and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, there could be that. Um, or, you know, holding some people hostage or something. Oh, terrorism. Terrorism. Wouldn't that be, you know, don't you have to win? Can you win ugly? Well, I don't or don't think you he... have to win morally and... Well, I don't think he would actually kill anyone, but... Do you, not, do you not think he's capable of killing people when the need arises? Not not innocent people. Okay. So well, if they were trying to kill him. Where do you think all the people in the village were when they weren't I mean, there? it was quite... In, that bit at the end, when they suddenly... All appear again. All appear again, and the place didn't look so, so mm. dishevelled. Um... I don't know, I think it's just one of these things that the TV does it for effect, but you never actually have to think through the, the details of these things, do you? So you're not even going to bother no, trying? sorry. All right, fair enough. TV thing. I tried, I tried, but <laughs> I failed. Um, so who then, of all the characters we've seen here in this episode, who was in on it and who wasn't? Who knew well, yeah, the village had a the, the the village's plan the village's plan the village the what was their plan they were going to let him escape. Well, I'm wondering whether the whole plot was to let him escape, knowing having complete confidence that they would be able to get him back in here to make him give up, mm-hmm. so that he might end up complying or at mm-hmm. least it would break him. Yeah, exactly. Or or even just be complicit in living there for a while, and then mm-hmm. they'll work him down to... Okay, to so on that basis, who's in on it? Who knows the plan? Well, number two. Mrs. Butterworth. Mrs. Butterworth. Okay. The gun runners, were they in on it? No, I think they just let him escape, and then let and him... You knew he'd go back to London. Yeah. Well, as I say, Mrs. Butterworth was there as a gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about the Colonel and Thorpe? Were they in on it? I don't think they were. Even though they had a very strange conversation when he when the plane took off, uh, he was it's something about he was a very good man and something else. It was like it was he never if, gives up. He never gives up, and it was as if we're not expecting to see him back on when this plane comes back from its you know mm. from its sweep. But do you think they were in on it or not? I don't think they were. I think I can see what you say. Yeah, the only thing I think that suggests to me they weren't in on it was why would they go and interview Mrs. Butterworth? You know, he wasn't there. You know, mm, number six wasn't yeah. there. So it was like, yeah, that must have been a genuine. We need to check this out. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the RAF pilot, etc. But but then, what about those people now? Know about the village? 
he told them about the village. So don't they need to be got and brought to the village as well? Mm, I'm kind of around to your theory that they were in on it now. If the other thing is, when he doesn't, if they're not in on it, and he and, he, and presumably the plane doesn't come back, you can't steal an RAF plane mm. and it just not be noticed. Then it, suddenly there has to be an investigation. Well, what was this village that he said he was going yeah, to? Yeah, they were decent. Has he stolen it. an RAF plane and mm. pilot? Mm. So that's why I think we, I think, I think we kind of have to be in on it, which puts a whole new spin on things. It does, yeah. And makes the village run by his employers, yeah. or at least, as you've said before, it's it's the village is for everybody, or it could be for everybody. They've got to be aware of it already, mm. and going through the motions of oh yes, we'll try and find out where this place is. We know exactly where it is. It's where we send all the spies. We know too much. But I mean, it's quite interesting that they know he will never give up. Mm-hmm. So. It's almost like they were admiring the fact he'd never give up, rather than being frustrated by it. Mm-hmm. But again, but that might just be because it, it could. Well, I suppose you, you think by that stage they could have given us, tipped us the wink that they were in on it. But it was just it just prolonged a little bit more the mm-hmm. question of how is he going to end up back in the village. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, who was your favourite other villager? Although we only saw one other villager, but other character in this. Uh, in this uh, show. I quite like the gypsy woman. Gypsy woman? Yeah. Who gave him a cup of tea or something. Yeah. And told the men off for ignoring him. Yeah. I like I liked the contrast between the very um exactly what you think of as the as the chief of a spy organization, Thorpe mm-hmm. and the very casual Donald Sindon as uh, as the, the colonel who almost was dressed like a teenager, I thought. Yeah. But he was very, but the voice was still very much Donald Sindon. Mulbridge! Didn't you think Thorpe had a, had a, 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 a not a look, a, a characterisation of Smiley? Yes, well, it was a spy, isn't it? Yes, but that's the kind of smi- spy he was made yeah, out to yeah. be. Patrick Cargill, very good, Patrick Cargill yeah. in, in that part. Lots of, um, what do you call this, putting your fingernails together in mm-hmm. a sort of thoughtful manner. Contemplative. Contemplative. Yes. And what about, uh, was there any, it was a different times? No, I didn't write anything down. I thought there was, but not in a bad way, in a brilliant way, because <laughs> it was total swinging London. In what way? Oh, oh everybody dressed as swinging. Uh, right, Mrs. Okay. Butterworth was swinging London. Yeah. And especially picking that, uh, that stag, um, one of the places that you saw him was the great big, uh, it's, it's like a statue of a stag. Oh, yeah. It used to be outside Victoria Station. I don't think it's there anymore. It must be somewhere. And the sort of checkerboard pattern of the pavement. It just made London look really cool. It's, you know, London in the 60s, really cool, as you expect. So mm-hmm. I enjoyed that uh, bit of it. Uh, I also like the fittings in number six's bathroom and his black sink. Oh, you do like to see new bits of his house, new don't you? New bits of his house. Oh, that was fine. <laughs> this is perhaps something that... Um, the name he gave to Mrs. Butterworth. Peter Smith. Peter Smith. You know Peter Smith, don't you? You're related to Peter Smith, aren't you? Do you think he might be number six? No. Yeah, I think I've been showing you all this as a precursor to him revealing this to you, that 50 years ago he was... Kidnapped and taken to a strange village from which there was no escape. I could almost believe 
I know this is, this is since we're not going to go into any more detail about who this man is, Peter Smith, um, and he's got a pretty anonymous name, hence why the prisoner presumably chose it. Uh, I can kind of believe that he might turn up and say that. No, you're not convinced. Okay. Do you think that actually was is the prisoner's name, Peter Smith? No. You think he made it up? Yes. Okay. Do you want to move to the hospital? Yes. Yes. Uh, um. Right, so what about uh, Patrick? I just wrote being sexy in the car. Being sexy in the car. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that he didn't speak for almost half of the episode? No, I didn't. Oh, when he was just escaping. There was the, the only oh, the only people that, that spoke is... for the first twenty five minutes were the gun runners in German and the Romanies and presumably Romany. That's quite interesting because you didn't miss it. That's good acting, that, that is. That is good acting. So they didn't even have background music or anything, did oh, they? Oh, they did have background music. Oh, did they? Yeah, okay. quite a lot of it. Right. <laughs> my favourite bits were when he was on the raft, he built the raft, still in the village, and he heard the smash mm-hmm. of the teacup, and, he t- and it turned out it was a cat that smashed the teacup, but he turned around with a look on his face as if to go, oh, right there, I've just built a raft for nothing. But then he was like, oh, you're okay. That was very good. Yeah. And I also thought he was very good being fed by Mrs. Butterworth. He was like a little boy. Oh, but he was obviously starving. Yeah, with, was... the, with the sandwiches going, oh, I felt sorry for him then. So, um, who is number one? I don't care anymore. Do you not care? Well, we'll just stop watching then. No, no, I, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm. I, I don't think there is one number one. I Who think. runs the village? Um. Could be them. Could be us. Could be a hive of both. Okay, that's still what you think, is it? Mm-hmm. Shall we talk about a choice of viewing? At this, in this. Yes. What else would I? What, what else I could you have watched on Friday the fifteenth of November, nineteen sixty-seven? Well, on BBC One, you could have watched Daktari. There's a surprise. Clarence the Crossed Lion, followed by PG Woodhouse's The World of Worcester. Oh, I like that. Uh, this week, guest starring uh, Anthony Saga, who is appearing in There's a Girl in My Soup at the Globe Theatre London. Okay. Or alternatively, on uh, BBC Two, uh, can you remember what the series are that are running on BBC Two at the same time as this? This is a, a French one. Yes, Outlook. Tout ça change. Uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Or do they? Do they? Is that all we get told? Some opinions from both sides of the channel. Oh, okay. Uh, followed by Wheelbase. We that again with Brexit. Uh, <laughs> or more things change, the more things stay the same. Or do they? Because we went in the EU at, this point. at that point. Well, we know. Um, Wheelbase. Gordon Wilkins covers the world of motoring. The best car in the world. For more than 60 years, motorists have described the Rolls Royce as the best car in the world. Is this still true today? I don't care. How advanced is the new Silver Shadow by comparison with its costly competitors in America and on the continent? What is it about the car that brings a queue of orders for the world's wealthiest buyer? Wheelbase reports from the Rolls Royce assembly line at Crew. Uh, I, I, I think that I think that very episode has been described before, but I think perhaps they all just merged into one. So you think of out of those choices, you'd probably have watched The Prisoner. I might watch PG Woodhouse. Would you? Do you think you would still be hanging, carrying on with the prisoner at this point, or would you have given up and gone? He's never escaping. Screw this for a game of soldiers. No, I probably would have still carried on, wondering what. Still good. I still, you're still good. I mean, that episode was brilliant. It was, Mm -hmm. it was gripping. 
Got so, frustrating at the end. Yeah, but that's kind of what you did set yourself up for. You know, you're, you're watching it knowing you're going to be disappointed. You're not going to get any answers. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Uh, if you have any questions or any answers, uh, you can uh, email us. Uh, prisonerpodcast at gmail.com is our email address or at prisonerpod on Twitter. But if you have nothing more to no. say... I'm sorry, I don't have anything more to say. Then all that remains to say is join us again the next time that we carry on up the village. Bye. Bye! Bye!